Starting doing a whoopee impression. <laughs> Hi, I'm Whoopi Hello. Goldberg. I'm here to present you an episode of a Looney Tunes podcast that isn't covering a Looney Tunes product. Yeah, and I'm Jordan, and um, we're doing a risk with this one, y'all. Um, we. All right, I'll explain why we're doing what we're doing, and then I'll explain what we're doing. Yes. Because um, a lot of you who are reading the description and who saw the little preview image yesterday are scratching your heads going, why are you guys doing this? Well, several years ago, pre-pandemic, a friend of mine that I went to college with, my friend Blaze, a very funny person. Very extremely funny person and, and a very good friend of mine. Blaze is, is Italian. And uh, one Columbus Day, Blaze put a photo on, on both Twitter and Facebook and said, instead of recognizing Christopher Columbus, you know, one Italian that did all these horrible things, raped the land, raped the people, all these things, why don't we instead honor a long dead Italian that has done good to the community? That's right, Lieutenant Columbo. <laughs> And so, from there on in, and Blaze and I would both commit to this, we would do, um, we would just proclaim it Columbo Day versus Columbus Day. It's like, why would you, the, 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 the one line that, that, he said, that they said that I love was like, why would you talk spend the whole day talking about someone who shouldn't be mentioned, when instead you should talk about someone who I will mention right now, Columbo! <laughs> so, every Columbus... I send them a picture of Columbo and just, oh, hey, how's it going? Yeah. So, because who doesn't love Columbo? Everyone! Including Looney Tune fans, I hope! Well, I mean, we already covered a Tiny Tunes episode from a while ago where it turns into a Columbo episode. And I, that was, we had already planned what we're doing today when we went with that. I was like, oh, that's just serendipity. Yeah. Um, and Tiny Toons says it's okay. Yeah, Tiny Toons is like, yeah, let's do it. Um, so <laughs> we decided a while ago, hey, why not bring that tradition into our podcast? And on Columbus Day week or weekend, instead of doing our usual programming, let's do a impromptu episode of Columbo. Now, I will say, folks, I will say, folks. I did make up a Looney Tunes episode based on Columbus. There's a very infamous yes. Columbus with Bugs Bunny cartoon that's, you know... We're gonna tear his ass in that. Exactly. It's... And 
There's not that much Columbus Legion crossover. I think it was that short. And an episode from like New Looney Tunes where they did another Columbus yeah. send up. And gotta be honest, my heart wasn't really in that one. <laughs> Like yeah, I, I guess this is a Columbus Day episode. It's like hey, your heart was what your heart wasn't in that one, but it was in the Bing Crosby one. Yeah, man, I'm a sick and twisted individual. Clearly, um, but uh, then we came upon this idea, and then everything was okay again. Because like I've I've seen my fair smattering of Columbo episodes. I like them. What's not to love about Peter Falk? He's great. Mark, you've probably seen one or two. I saw 15 minutes from an episode that's in the same season we're covering. It's from the uh, season 10. Oh. The one with um, with Billy Conley as, as a music composer. Oh. Uh, bites it. You believe it? I think he He's does a casualty in a Columbo episode. <laughs> um it's not as cool as being a casualty in a Muppet movie. But that's close. Um, yeah, haven't seen much Columbo. I'm aware of Columbo. I know the whole shtick, the one more thing. Uh. I know Maurice LaMarche loves doing Columbo. We saw it live in person. Yes. <laughs> yes. We saw him do his Peter Falk impression. And it, to be honest, if you have a Peter Falk in your repertoire, you know <laughs> you, you, you're doing pretty well. Like, I... I can do it, as we're going to find out in this, I can do a decent Peter Falk. It, it's it's fun to do. What, what I will do, what do, you do? is, I, I have a friend of mine, I'll watch, uh, we'll, we'll watch movies together, and whenever we get to one where there's like a moment, because we're both very big fans of The Princess Bride, and whenever there's a moment where like, there's a, like two characters are about to profess love to each other and can't, I, I'll I'll play I'll do it in my Peter Falk. It was like and so what she was trying to say was that every time she said this, she was really trying to say I love you. Now this is a good thing, you know. You're trying to say, you know. Now listen, you know. Anyway, where was I? Okay, the water cup got in the water. <laughs> I can do that. I can do that for days. Yes, uh, but, um, the Princess Bride, really good movie. That's a fun movie. Oh, I love that movie. But yeah, we decided we should do a Columbo episode in time for Columbus Day to celebrate the one true Italian. If you guys, if this episode goes well, this could be a Columbus Day tradition. We'll we'll see how this goes. But uh, we won't run out of Columbo episodes, that's for sure. There's a mil- there's millions of them. Yeah. Now, now Jordan, now you picked yeah. the episode we're covering today. So what, I did. what was your decision-making skills in picking the episode we're covering today? I wanted to try and find something with a loony connection, if anything. <laughs> and it, and a lot of those are... I looked for writers that were somewhat connected to, to loony productions. I looked for directors. There was one or two that were directed by Steven Spielberg that I could have gone with, but I also it would have been us doing the very first episode of Columbo, which I think is a really easy pick, because Spielberg directed the first episode of Columbo. You want to dig a little deeper than yeah. So... I, I was, and uh, at one point I wanted to do the very last episode of Columbo, which was one where Columbo goes to a rave. And then I figured, well, if we can't do the first one, we really shouldn't do the last one either. We got to pick one in the middle. So I was, I was thumbing my way through, and I saw one that was, there was a, the name of a director, and I must have triple taped. 
I'm like, that can't be that can't be right. And then I looked at the the, the write up for for the plot. I'm like, oh, that actually seems kind of intriguing, you know. And, and the the plot reminds me of something else. And and this is also you know it's 1990 era Columbo. So like this could be intriguing. And so I slotted that one in. Did really on not much other than face value. But it's sounding like, from what I've talked to you about this one, it's sounding like I did a pretty good job in picking it. Yeah, because yeah, I was um, messaging you and I was taking my notes. I'm like, oh my god, this. and Oh, oh my god, this is really good. And this is really interesting. And this character dynamic's great. And oh my god, how could they? I, I was hooked, man. I was like, when the first 15 minutes, it got me hooked. I'm like, oh my god, I, I gotta watch the whole thing. And uh, yeah, I watched this twice in this episode. Once yeah. for entertainment value, one for note taking, and um, oh, okay, this is great. Yeah, so you picked the good one. Picked the good one, Jordan. Oh, thank God. Yeah, and the one that I picked is literally the very because you know the thing with Columbo is that they did you know several seasons of the actual series, and then they're all ninety minute movies essentially, and then they went away for about ten years, and then around the late eighties they started doing these like ABC or CBS specials. It would be like all right. A brand new Columbo movie, a made-for-TV movie. And so that was the, the later season. So this is the first episode of season 10, which was the 1990 until 2003 season. <laughs> well, which you gotta admit, when you type in Columbo and look at IMDb, it's like, yeah, from like 1970 to 2003. Like, holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> Damn, how many episodes? Matthew Rees from the, the Americans was one of the last... Like famous people to do a Columbo, other than Billy Connolly, it went up until relatively modern day to the point where yes, there was an episode where Columbo goes to a rave. Like, but yeah, this one was from 1990. Columbo goes to college. Uh, it came out on December 9th, uh, 1990. It's funny. I think the 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 on this day music one was a rerun that we'd already discussed because it was it was two songs we'd already really talked about in here. It was it was the Stevie B. Uh, the Postman song and um, Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice. Yeah, yeah. No, neither are, are especially winners. No. Not a lot happened on that day either. You know, it's, it's kind of a dull day. But maybe it's because everybody was just sitting inside watching Columbo, and that, in that way, there was no news. It was that big of a world event? Holy shit! It's, it's a return of Columbo. Put the kids to bed, sweetie. <laughs> Gotta get my Columbo on. <laughs> Everybody sit down. Enjoy the Colombo Nazance. Yes. The story is credited to two people, um, one of which actually wrote the script. Uh, Jeffrey Bloom, who did a lot of like lower-budget lower horror stuff in the 80s. Uh, his best-known credit is the 1987 made-for-TV Flowers in the Attic. Uh, he was credited for the story along with Frederick King Keller, who was mostly a TV writer. Directed by... A TV writer and TV director named E.W. Swackhammer. <laughs> I had to make sure he had never worked with Ivan Reitman, Joe Pitka, or anyone involved with Space Jam, because that is the name of Danny DeFito's character in that movie. Yeah. And I'm like, Swackhammer, right? Eh? Huh. Interesting. Yeah, he had a side hobby. Listen, running a corrupt theme park doesn't get you the money so you go into tv no. directing where the real money well, is it gets stranger than that actually oh. mark 
Because among this guy's many TV directing credits includes a pilot for a show that never went to series written by Conan O'Brien and I believe some other very funny XSNLers called Look Well. Look Well! So I, I oh, know shit. you know what Look Well is. Yes, I do. That's the, um, yeah, that was Conan. Adam West, man. Yeah, that was, uh, that was Conan O'Brien and Robert Smigel's uh, fun TV yeah. part. They're like, oh, we're going to do, because Adam West wanted to resurrect his career from not being Batman all the damn time. So you're like, oh, we'll write to this yeah. cool, um, like, caper, like, spy sort of pilot for you when you kick ass and it looks cool. But it was also written by comedy writers, so it also had a bit of a, yes. of a, a tongue-in-cheek nature to it. Um, yes. You can find it online. It, it's a lot of fun. I think Wes <laughs> doing projects like Logwell was what... Gave us his his uh, recurring role in the Seth MacFarlane shows, such as Family Guy, and also in um, Fairly Odd Parents, where he played oh, yeah. TV's Adam West as Catman, which I loved whenever they would roll him yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> my did I did I ever tell you? Um, did I ever tell you my dad worked with Adam West once? Well, now you gotta tell us. Yeah. No. Um, my dad, uh, who I, I won't divulge directly what he what he, he's, he's done but he, he worked it, it's a very cool job and at one point he had to work uh with adam west to do an informational film that would explain american football to people from the uk and this is way before the way where it is now where like the uk has like actually a big nfl following there's a lot of jacksonville jaguars fans over there a lot of philadelphia eagles fans over there like, this was, like, the early 2000s, like, all right, we're going to try and give f- football to the masses, and we're going to use Adam West to do so. And so he directed Adam West. He's like, oh, it's great. And he, he, apparently, Adam West knew when to put on the whole Adam West charm. He knows exactly who he is. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll do this. At one point during the record, this, this is genuinely true, uh, Adam West was asked and, and was able to do so very nicely to do somebody's voicemail answering machine <laughs> you know uh so and so isn't here right now he's out fighting crime <laughs> so adam west knew what he had to be but yeah just just the silliest thing of just like adam west explaining things that you americans take for granted about you know at the super bowl the two top teams from each league get to play each other it's a star-studded event things like that also my adam west is not bad no um so so yeah, no. Apparently, Adam West was everything my dad uh, thought he would be, and apparently, it was really easy to work with. So right. yeah, Adam West knows exactly who he is, and I love that he had his little renaissance as a voice actor in the two thousands. Do you have any other background about this episode? I know that there's an actor in this who this is his last appearance in a Columbo episode, yeah. his fourth appearance, and the previous three, he's been the murderer. This is the one yeah. and only time he, he plays the father to one of the chill, to one of the to one of the murderers. The actor in question is Robert Culp. Robert Culp, obviously, great. You know, he, he, TV legend. He had a TV spy series in the nineteen sixties. Um, ironically, four years after this episode would release, his TV spy partner from the sixties would have his own mystery show. 
the Bill Cosby mysteries? I <laughs> You know what's funny? That did come up. Not that bad. did come up in my research. I don't know, I think I, when I was looking at this episode and I'm yeah. like, da, 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 we're done this. What the hell is this? And yeah. Swackhammer, I think, did some Cosby mysteries. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's um, probably where. Yeah. It was the interim in between uh, Cosby show ending and the beginning of uh, the, the One Foot in the Grave show he did, um, just called Cosby, where he was trying to stay on television. And so he did like a murder she wrote Columbo type Cosby mysteries show. Uh, Robert Culp is in this and is pretty much the only notable actor that shows up in this, other than obviously Peter Falk. There's not a lot of other people that have been in things. No. But you know, we got Tony Randall. Okay. So we open on white preppiness. Because the whole thing is that it's it's it centers on these two frat guys at a very stuffy California university, and they're they're both very rich and and very very well off. And they, we see one of them, who ultimately Cooper, roll in to campus on his tricked out white truck type thing. If it was somebody twenty years older than him, it'd be a midlife crisis mobile. But no, it's just it's a weird. I don't know. I get a vibe just from the the truck. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's rolling around on that. It's not yeah. just the truck that gives off midlife crisis vibes because oh, the yeah. song he is blasting yeah. is "Poor Rich Boy" by the band Ambrosia, previously heard in the film <laughs> Arthur with the Dudley yeah. Moore. It's a good movie, but yeah. this is just proof that you know that. The, the 90s didn't begin until Nirvana's Nevermind came out. This is 1990 yeah. when it came out. Filmed in 89, probably. You can just tell. It's like, oh, okay. Yes, yeah, sure. All the college students are listening to Ambrosia. <laughs> yeah, well, Ambrosia is something only white people enjoy. Um, that's one of the things about this episode is that you can see the 80s trying desperately to hang on. Now, now it's funny because you say something about well, in the 90s didn't really start until Nirvana. I have talked about this. I don't know if it's on this show. It's it's, it's a it's a Jordan pathetic opinion. Um, We're full of those. One of my favorite eras of music. Yeah, no, they're, they're wonderful. One of my favorite eras of music is the era from like 1987 until like roughly 1992, 93, where it was like post hair metal, pre grunge, where it was just like cool alternative stuff like like synth pop was dying out. It was just this weird middle ground. And I love a lot of music from there. I don't, I'm not saying I like Ambrosia. I don't. I really don't. But, um, to, let's not write off all the good stuff from 1990 and 1991 just because Ambrosia exists. Yes. Um, you know, the biggest part of me, guys, who. Make a wish, well, baby! Oh, I think I've re-recorded the song like two or three times. Uh, probably. There's a, there's a sped-up TikTok version. Oh. <laughs> well, if you leave the ambrosia lying out for too long, it starts to get insects. So, um, a lot of Southerners are going to get that joke. So, but yeah, now we, we open on this walkthrough of this frat house with Cooper's walking through all these preppy California college kids. And they really do talk like that in these very, like... Like rich California bro voices, and 
this is the clientele we're dealing with. Rich people, rich California people, rich California white people that think romper shorts are a good way of, of getting around. But look at those legs! And we'll get to the romper shorts later. I don't know if this is... Because you sent me another comparison. But our, our heroes here are Cooper and Justin. Well, not our heroes, but you know what I mean. Um, to me, it feels like they were based off of and or written for... Anthony Michael Hall and Robert Downey Jr. Hmm. Uh, perhaps if they were affordable in 1990, they'd play these parts. Instead, we have these more lesser-known guys. But it's like one blonde and more um, more emotional, the other shorter and brown hair and snarkier. Yeah. It, it sounds like it's like they're trying to do like a Breakfast Club kind of thing. Like uh, Anthony Michael Hall and either Judd Nelson or Robert Downey Jr. And a lot of what the guy who plays Justin does uh, in little moments is very reminiscent of something Robert Downey Jr. would do in that area. I think he's more James Spader-like, but do it around. Well, you can't have two preppy, preppy blonde people. I mean, it's got to be one and one. Ah, uh, yeah. Because yeah. remember Pretty in Pink? You know, you... Uh, yeah. Also, the introduction, the introduction uh, to Justin is just, you know, he has this little RC car. Or the camera artist, so you know they're using it for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, what's this RSK are doing in, in the women's dorm in the bathroom? Oh, no, it's those assholes again. We, we set up a lot of what's going on. because they're, they're rich, but um, they also, you know, are really banking on, you know, this, um, this college thing going well because they don't want to get cut off. We have this scene with Cooper's dad on the front of his beach house, chewing him out. And the father is... And this is a theme I, I saw through a lot of this episode. The father is played by someone who did not know this Columbo episode was going for the grounded 80s film feel because he's just going big with these reads. Like, like it's a regular Columbo episode. You know, get it together, Cooper! You know, things like that. And it's just... Yeah. It's not fitting with the more brooding performance that Cooper's going for. Yes, uh, Cooper's father... I wrote down here, and this is just ultimate Disney fan nerd shit, who kind of looks like Disney animator Glenn Keane, who, who worked on Disney's Tarzan. Just look at a picture of Glenn Keane, and then look at a picture of the guy from Columbo. It looks very similar, in my opinion. Yeah. But, yeah, but yeah you know, as far as yelling at Cooper, and he's yelling specifically at Cooper about a specific thing, which is... He's paid for a woman's abortion, which, huh. shit, but that's not all, because Cooper's like, oh, come on, father, you know, it takes you to tango, you know, and then the father puts out this stinger line of, this is the third girl in the past 18 months, Jesus! Jesus. Well, uh and the thing is, this isn't the story here. The story is more about other things. Oh. But this is just one of the many little things that is aligning our, our main conflict. And it's just, oh yeah, you keep knocking up women all over the place. Like, like, excuse me. <laughs> that might be a little bit more important if it were made now. Yes, yeah. But now it's got to be about, oh, you, you cheated on your test or whatever. You know. All right, this was a bit that I, I kind of liked. Um, that just amused me for no reason. Because we, we, we see the end of uh, Professor Rusk's uh, le lecture, and he mentions, obviously, because yeah, the episode has to happen, oh, yeah, our guest le lecturer is going to be uh, someone from you know, LAPD, uh, Lieutenant, uh, Lieutenant Columbo. And the geek, uh, I forget his name, but the, the geeky guy with I the glasses. Like who looks Zach, like either Zeke, I think. So yeah, something like that. 
but he he, he does this uh, little all right like <laughs> that's a good response to the arrival of peter falk on the premises Yes, hello, I am here now. All right! Yeah. Yes, my friend, radical indeed. The highlight of my like just... week! <laughs> it's like, you know... It, it just, that's what you want to hear at the party. It's like, guys, we, we ran out of beer, but Peter Falk is All here! Right. All right! Da, 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 da. <laughs> I brought schnapps. <laughs> Give it! Given when you hear the title "Colombo Goes to College," you kind of want that scene to happen. Yeah, you, you think it's going to be something like "Back to School," where he's like, "Colombo is just on a college dorm," and it's like, "It's like I, I haven't been invited to a rager yet." Uh, listen, uh, if you could get me one of those uh, uh, things, uh, 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 fake IDs uh, for my friend Gilbert over here, that that really make my day. Um, not that that's breaking the law or anything. I'm a detective. Um, I have a similar problem with from the the Cooper and his father scene with the scene where Rusk chews Justin Cooper out. Where again, it feels like the the, the older actor is going for a more traditional Columbo performance when he goes, um, "Not one more word." It sounds meeker than it needs to be. Like not as natural. Like, in the 70s, they got generally good acting for this. Name people to come in. And by the 90s, there's this mix of older actors trying to be stocky and dramatic like it used to be, and newer actors being more realistic and downplayed. It's, just, it's, it's this weird tug between the two ideologies. And you have Peter Falk in the middle, obviously. But, I mean, it, it, it does what it needs to do. It establishes the motive. But it's just, you know, overacting. Yeah, so essentially, the, the teacher tells him this. Listen, I know you cheated. I don't know what I'm going to do, but you're either going to flunk this test, flunk this class, I will personally call the dean and get you both thrown out of school. And yeah. and the students just follow him to do his car. Like, like Cooper says, oh, listen, we'll get a beer! Which, guys, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah, get the professor drunk, that'll work. Um, yeah, so you will just forget about everything. Like, no. Yeah. But, like, and, and it's funny because, like, as we get to the actual genesis of, of the murder, we get, like, uh, one of my favorite details of this episode, which is something that it didn't really set in until until later, was, some, was like, because they're so rich, they are bribed the security guard with Lakers tickets to let them park in the faculty lot. It's a script way of making the murder possible, which is a cheeky thing to do, but it's somewhat believable because these are these preppy assholes and they can do whatever they want. And also because the Lakers were big in 1990. So. Yes, and also notice that when when they leave the the premises and they walk by the security guard, his brother is also there with him. Well, watching the game at the same time. They're both at the scene of the eventual crime. That is interesting. But you get, like, this scene where they they talk about what they're going to do and. I mean, they're looking at each other in various stages of shirtlessness in beds only a few feet apart. And they're wasting their time by talking about blackmailing or potentially killing their professor. <laughs> like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but college students, you can you need to have more sex. <laughs> yes. Get busy with it. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, that's what college is for. Are you too rich for that as well? So the reason that Cooper and Justin have for killing, besides framing one of the many people the professor has dirt on, is that neither wants to besmirch their family name. Like, Justin wants to get into Harvard Law School. Uh, Cooper wants his, his dad to get off his back about the whole pregnancies thing. Neither wants to get cut off by their rich parents. And can I just say, boo-fucking-who? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it turns out being rich and thinking we're better than everyone has its limits. I guess murder isn't out of the question, because we think we can. Like, fucking hell. Yeah, it's, um, it's not great. <laughs> These aren't oh. good people. Um, you can see the writing's a little bit contrived, but, uh, you know, it's easy. You know, who does it, who, who, you know, this is at the end of the 80s, this is the end of the 80s college teen movies where the preppy rich yeah. kids are the bad guys. So this is kind of the yeah. dark version of, of a typical 80s college uh, movie in a way. You know, it's, it's more along the lines of like a, like a, honestly, like a, like an 80s or, or 70s horror novel. Like, you know, they're like, they're like a thriller, like, you know, until kids try and kill their professor, you know, so. But yeah, honestly, they get this whole plot together and they, you know, they steal a gun from the security guard and they have this whole thing of distracting him um, with the Laker tickets, which is a pretty nice thing. Honestly, the shot of Justin and Cooper assembling the gun in low lighting in front of like a fish tank is pretty cool. In a very 90s way, a lot of the a lot of the grounding of this does work, just not in a way that most Columbo episodes do. And I will say, the one question I do have about them assembling a gun in front of a fish tank is, are the fish in on it as well? Right! Are they getting a cut? Those fish are witnesses! What do they know? Yeah. And what's their motive? We need to find the, the scene of Columbo interviewing and interrogating the fish. <laughs> Look, if you don't say anything, I might just have to eat you with locks. <laughs> I know, but Yes, that's a very good point. <laughs> yes. You know, you talk just like my wife. My wife would love you guys. You guys must taste great. Um, and then, as if on cue, the savior arrives in his wreck of a car yes. in order to get ready for his lecture that night. And there is something, because the whole thing that is, is that they, um, uh, Justin and Cooper, they set up a whole thing where uh, they, they get Professor Rusk to meet at a restaurant with uh, Justin's dad, who we'll, we'll later meet. And it's the only thing that's only going to work if he has to leave in the middle of the lecture that's going on that night. And so, you know, the, the, the dominoes have been set into place. And then Columbo, we see Columbo doing a college lecture and there is something very funny of having this full 1990 era college lecture hall and at the front is just Columbo fully smoking <laughs> yeah man one of these things doesn't fit here no but um I, I would love to know because they do this montage and it looks like he's really um encapsulating the audience and we don't hear it <laughs> I love that so I would just love to know like what did Swagcamer say like okay Peter um Tell them your five Fuck funniest jokes. Just go go to town. We're not going to put the audio in. Okay. Okay. First, I'm going to take out my eye. Ah, ha, ha, ha. You see? That's one. Yeah. And there's one where, like, he puts his foot on the desk and rubs his sock. I'm like, what's that? 
Ah, yes, and this is when... He's doing, he, he's doing prop humor. He's, he's the original Carrot Top. Um, yes. There are a couple things I noticed. First of all, because the whole thing is that the whole is that Justin and Cooper a lot of the time are going to think they're better than Columbo. And there's one line where he jokingly asks who Columbo's tailor is. Does not put me on his good side at all. Also, I like how uh, Columbo, he says in order to, to, to find, you know, a proper culprit you know I, I follow my nose which in a co- it's a college campus full of yuppies that's not saying much it's the 80s just ended there's probably a lot of people following their nose uh after class um <laughs> in the bathrooms yes yeah i mean there is again like the, the, this montage you talked about of colombo doing colombo things there is this tension of rusk knowing he has to get to the meeting as we you know as we keep cutting back and forth and so it's, it's relatively tense and even him going to his car is relatively tense although the actual murder is kind of made a little goofier by the fakeness of the squibs. Oh my god, it, it's it's Kool-Aid! My god! That's not blood. <laughs> yeah. Come on, fellas, you're losing your heads. Literally. Um, but yeah, you, you get a good, slightly obscured picture of how Justin Cooper did it. But, you know, it's it's it, what's really cool is this is one of the few times where Columbo was actually there to witness... The, the the scene of the crime and the, and the murders in, in progress almost. So instead of him coming at the scene later, he's he's there when it happens, which is pretty different. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> I think this may have been either my biggest laugh of the episode or one of my biggest laughs of the episode, <laughs> which was, oh, a murder's been committed? I'll get in my massive truck. <laughs> Quick to the micro penis mobile. And then after I'm after I'm done phoning the authorities, I'll annihilate a light of cars this Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I can't take this car seriously. Justin has a really stupid But here's the thing though. He needs that big of a car in order to to, to conceal the uh the tools needed to commit the murder. So, like, they do... You could have hidden them in a fucking Pinto if you wanted to, but, you know, would he be caught Ted driving one on a college campus full of yuppies? Yeah. Like, it's gotta be, like... Oh, it amuses me to no end. Um, just... Alright, um... Quick, to the inconspicuous mobile. Uh... That... That, that doesn't... Um, Lock for some reason, huh? Yeah, interesting. Hmm, I wonder why I haven't locked the car. Hmm. From here, we get some various simple scenes of Columbo and the police squad. You know, at the scene of the crime, like, oh, this is bullet. It looks familiar. Oh, these were the things he had in his briefcase. I wonder where he was uh, going. He where the hell yeah, was he? He go- takes. I like his delivery. Yeah, where the hell was he going? I, I like his line. Uh, where he, he finds the pills. Uh, he's like, he takes pills for cholesterol. You know, these things work. Also, Columbo admits he's down to 220 pounds, which that's <laughs> not too far from where I'm at. <laughs> All right, I'm Columbo size. That's great. <laughs> What's better, being Columbo um, size or jumbo size? More out of living. <laughs> and then there's this bit here where uh, Columbo asks one of the cops to get him a list of the restaurants in the area where he designates... Pasta and fish in the something light category. Ah, yes, I'd like something light. Bring me a 
peeping bowl of spaghetti and a, a large plate of fried halibut. <laughs> That's light. Yeah. Um. Also, I, I I do love just how. Okay, listen. Charles's episode. Justin and Cooper are so bad at this. They're so they they, yeah. they really are bad at this because. Columbo walks out, he finds the other, the bullet that was used out past the yeah. uh, the garage, and just, like, Cooper yells, uh, hey, Columbo, we're gonna be at the bar, you can have a drink with us. Yeah. Like, a murder has been committed, you sop! I have a theory about why they do that, and it's, you know, I'll, I'll get to it when I get to the scene in question, but, um... Because we get some other details here. I like the security guard giving us the Laker tickets explanation and how reluctant he is to divulge that information. Again, just how bewildered Columbo is in this point. Oh, well, this is a mystery. No. I don't even know. Really? <laughs> a yeah. Columbo episode? I, I thought this was going to be a romance thing. <laughs> Apparently, I have to solve a mystery. What the hell is with that? I thought this was going to be a, a musical. I, uh... Uh, have a wonderful sickness. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I knew Joey Andrews as well. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um But I do like the scene where um he goes over to the restaurant and and it's, and it, Which? And he's like, oh it was it was uh <laughs> Well, yes. what, what they did the 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 uh, bar? We go to the college bar. No, oh, the, oh, the not restaurant. that one. The restaurant that um, that he went to that he was supposed to meet at, and the little thing with the major d, like oh, you know, the rusk wasn't here. Oh yeah, and yeah. Uh, the person he was meeting here, Mister Rowe, he wasn't here. No, Mister Rowe, no Mister Rowe at all. No Rowe. No Mister Rowe at all. <laughs> no. 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 For the record, No Mr. Row at All was a hit for Genesis about nine years earlier. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, also, yeah. I, I really do like, uh, yeah, go back. I actually do like this montage. It's a great demonstration of Falk's acting abilities as Columbo, where you yeah. don't even hear him, just his mannerisms and everything. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, he nails the character. Even without hearing uh. him. Yeah. Especially the one where he goes like a seafood uh, establishment. It's like, yeah, uh, one more question. And this guy's like, no, 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 no. I was like, no, what? Is this light food? Is this fried fish? Would you call that light food? I the missus loves light food here. Our cholesterol so low with all the with all the crispy flounder you guys got on the menu. She's a she's a super Columbo size. Uh two hundred forty pounds. Ah. Don't tell the wife. Jesus. Um, so eventually, um, uh, Columbo yeah, meets them at the point. college bar. And, ah, uh, yes, that old college bar that kind of looks like a Texas roadhouse. Yeah. It has a popcorn machine. One college bar has a Look, popcorn machine. Look, those preppy California colleges had all the little bells and whistles. What's interesting here. Because there's still a little, uh, a lot of the students in there are a little shell shocked about everything, and there's a an exchange that they have with um, Justin. You know, have you ever seen a dead body before? Yeah, but now's not the right time to talk about it. Um, Mark, um, 
You ever seen the movie Rope? <laughs> um, I saw a video on it. I saw a, a YouTube video uh, that someone did covering okay. Rope, and it's um. Because it stars two gay lovers, correct? Essentially, yeah. This is two... It's not for an Hitchcock film. Uh, the first one he really made in the States. Where it's two young guys that murder a colleague of theirs because they felt that they could. Because they took this class, which was um, presided over by Professor Jimmy Stewart... And it was a sort of criminal law class where he had this nihilistic view of murder, basically saying that, you know, the people, there, there is, there's two types of people there. People who uh, think themselves wise enough and superior enough to be murderers, and there are people that are murdered. And these two people in this class uh, took that a little bit too seriously, and they wind up murdering one of their classmates, and then defy, they, they hold a dinner party, including the classmate's fiancé, the classmate's parents, the lover of the of the fiance and this professor and they basically defy them to figure it out by and one of them the 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 twinkier of the two keeps dropping these little hints and almost wants them to figure it out defies them to try and catch them not realizing he's skating really close to the edge and obviously he'll be find out and i think about that when th- looking at these two and when, when looking at yeah justin and cooper yeah these two relatively homoerotic college students who, as we'll discuss much later in this episode, commit this murder because they think they can, because they think they have the right to, because they think they can get away with it. And lines like this, where, um, you know, yeah, I have seen a dead body, but now it's not the right time to talk about it. It's just cheeky enough, literally just to literally dangle himself in the mouth of the lion, the lion being Lieutenant Columbo, and just defy him to get it. And there's a lot of that that they do in this episode. So they're not just, they're not like completely careless. They're careless, but they think they're like being really clever. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. especially once um, again to yeah. the, the the second act of this, where they're just pounding around with Columbo. It's, they're sticking their ass in the mouth of the lion. That's what they're yeah. doing. Getting this, yeah. By the way, fun fact. The apartment that was used in Rope would be reused a year later for Doris Day's apartment in the Warner Brothers film My Dream is Yours. Oh! Because all of this shite is connected. Ah, yes. So never say I picked this for no reason. That's what club episodes were missing. A random dance sequence with Bugs Bunny directed by Friss Feeling. Freddy! <laughs> <laughs> Now, um, Mr. Freddy, it is time, is it not, for you to get out of bed? What the hell is he doing? It, it's just how he acts, Frizz. All right. We can animate around that, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. So... Two things that have never been linked to this point. Columbo and My Dream is Yours. Um, yeah, so, um, Justin at the bar, he's just, he's really putting his cards on the table about how much he really didn't like this professor. Yeah, I like this scene, though. But yeah. yeah, it's like, Justin, he was very painted, everything had to be done his way, and he fooled around a lot. He, he slept with the coach's wife, which uh, comes back into play. 
But like, again, you get to see these characters lie in action. And it's only a fellow student dropping Justin's last name that gets Columbo thinking that he might be connected to the Mr. Rowe that was supposed to meet the, the, the murder victim at the restaurant. It's interesting. The camera work during this next scene in June Clark's place, the shot of Columbo looking up and then following Clark down the stairs is probably one of the coolest things in this. Mm-hmm. It's it's a fantastic, classic Columbo intro sequence. Columbo in- interviews the person that was suspected to be having an affair, and she doesn't divulge too much, but that they broke it off uh, a couple months ago. And I really like how Cooper and Justin work off of each other outside Clark's place when they suggest he check out a lead. I mean, I'm not sure what to make of Justin slapping Cooper on the ass at the end of it, but... Um, I like the bit here where Columbo realizes that Justin Cooper are fucking with him over his car and his suit. Oh, yeah. And, and how how playful he is about it. He's not like, oh, I'll never do this. Like, oh, oh boy. You know, my wife says she's going to send my, the suit out to be cleaned and burned. <laughs> yes, I can follow them. Um, the, the one thing that I, I, I really didn't, I didn't, um, and kind of goes back to their bit of immaturity, is just... They tell Columbo, they set him up, like, listen, you know, oh, just just follow us, we'll take you to um, the yeah. bar, the, the club that they, they went to. And just, like, Cooper acts like he's the innocent. He's like, oh, come on, come on, Justin, what the hell? Yeah. That, that's, that's, how dare you? Oh, gee Willikers, she's a fine gal. <laughs> and then they just go to the car, and just Justin going... She's a fine gal. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, I like that they play off of their own performances, and again, they're they're just beckoning him on. Again, just just go like, okay, okay, okay. Like, I'll, I'll say something about his car, but don't make me laugh. Okay, it's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, like it's like these people committed a, a murder, but they're like, but they still have that. Again, nothing can go wrong mentality of college and being rich. They're like, yeah, fuck them. Yeah. Like, the one thing they, they do a lot in this when something goes right, they have this either like a fist bump or like this little finger thing shakes. they do. Just, yeah, these, these these cocky things that they're like, yeah. It's it's like the, the, the douchier version of the Bill and Ted. thing. You know, only those are awesome. I, I, I'm fine with that. It's just, this is just like the the... Uh, trust fund baby thing, I guess. I don't know. I want this episode much with Bill and Ted as the two guys. They just have to shoot the guy. Excellent! <laughs> you know. Hey, uh, Ted! Yeah, 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 Bill. How are we gonna explain this to Rufus? Easy. We don't. Excellent! <laughs> But yeah, the, 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 the bar lead doesn't really go many places, although the bartender d- does tell them, oh yeah, no, uh, Clark was here pretty recently with this guy. So, you know, it's, they're trying to get, they're trying to, s- the, to get Columbo on the trail of, well, maybe, uh, June Clark was lying, or maybe there was something else going on, or maybe some kind of infidelity. And I will say in the car after they're leading Columbo astray, I do think that Justin does a very good Peter Falk impression. <laughs> yeah. You know what I gotta do? <laughs> I gotta go see the coach's wife. I can't believe he's making this so easy. Oh, this is just the beginning. When do we set him on my father? Yeah, and this is the moment where um, Peter Peter Falk, you know, he's he's calling the, the the sergeant to confirm something about the bag the professor left yeah. behind, 
And this is when he realizes mm. that they're 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 playing with him. And I, I love this because during the lecture at the beginning, one student's asked, "Oh, do you ever falsify evidence? Do you ever just make up evidence or to get someone?" And Columbo essentially says, "Listen, like I'm willing to do anything to get to the murderer, get to the case." So he makes up this lie, plane ticket, plane ticket. To kind of snuff out yeah. if someone's telling the truth or not. I like that. Right. I, I really, I think this is genius, actually. Yeah. Because it's the next couple. It's like, it's like he immediately, because he, he briefly stops over at June Clark's place. Hey, is there anything about a plane ticket? No. In this next scene where Mrs. Rusk, complete with Mrs. Rusk doing really unconvincing fake crying. We found an airline ticket to Phoenix, Arizona in your husband's briefcase. He was scheduled to fly there this past weekend. Would you have any idea why he might be going there? He never mentioned it, Lieutenant. Thank you, ma'am. You know, uh, was there anything about a, a plane ticket? No, no, of course not. <laughs> you know. Also, I will and, add and so that he when knows, he does yeah. go to Gene's uh, house, opens the door, Yes, he says the line. One more thing. One more it's the thing. first just one more thing of the episode, and it happens 15 minutes, 51 minutes in. He said the thing! He said the one more thing! Ma'am? Yes? Just one more thing. We found an airplane ticket to Phoenix, Arizona. And then I'll be literally just this. Hello, one more thing. <laughs> I'll be out of here. But yeah, no, he figures that out. And so we go on to this... Um, Portia so, of the Month Club uh, party at uh, Justin and Cooper's frat house. So Justin and Cooper drive into the frat house with um, three girls. On the micropenis mobile. With the micropenis girl, with three girls in the back. All those girls just came from Planned Parenthood. God damn it, Cooper! <laughs> You're struck again! That's why they're so happy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um... But yeah, no, they they show up to the party in suit jackets and shorts. Man, do I hate rich people. (laughs) Yeah, this is a perfect way to go to a party. Suit jacket and shorts. And not just like actual cargo shorts, romper shorts. Because nothing says, I have a big dick, like romper shorts. Barry White never wore romper shorts. No, because like, listen, nothing says the coolest of cool, like... Like listening to the music of Ambrosa while wearing tight shorts. I found the shorts. Are we sure this doesn't all end in an orgy? I don't know. They seem like really incompetent people. Um, (laughs) So. So, yeah. You sent me, the other night, you sent me the shot of Justin and Cooper at the party looking over and seeing a very out-of-place Columbo at the uh, party going, Hey! Where can I get those romper wait, shorts? Which, which is, I think that's the closest this gets to, like, Columbo like, with a boombox or something. Just like the... It, what? It, I, I don't know. It, it just, just never... In your eyes. In my eye. <laughs> Oh, we get it. It's all Peter Gabriel. You don't have to run in your- Oh, all right. 
he threw a little in- inflatable boombox to the person in the front row. It was really cool. <laughs> so he pushes to the guys. He pushes to them like, hey, hey fellas, no. Let's go to the kitchen. It's, let's go to the kitchen. No one will be there because no women were invited to this party. <laughs> <laughs> the missus would be in here. Oh boy. Yes. Making Columbo sized sandwiches. Hoagies for all of you. Oh dear Christ. Um but yeah, this scene in the kitchen is like is, is Columbo basically putting in the little bait and the guy's like, Well actually no, because there's there was something about, you know, people that were looking for him. I think you should maybe meet my father and and oh you should meet you should have my father for dinner at this place and my initial thing was, wait a minute, this is what they did for with Rusk. Are they trying to get Columbo killed? Which, honestly, they should have. That would have been interesting. It's very much like, well, yeah. we did it before. You know? Yeah. Maybe, maybe this committee of the murder is what cures Justin of his impotence. Oh, I said incompetence. It's two different things. <laughs> Listen, we know Cooper fucks. Justin, we have no but idea. Does Justin? We have no idea. Yeah. So, you know. He keeps getting jealous because Cooper's taking all these women to the abortion clinic. Justin's like, what, nothing for me? Come on. We sleep literally five inches from each other. Wait, will it be just lessen the gap. And because there's nowhere else I can put this joke. Man, would have been a fun twist of fate if it turns out that Cooper somehow <laughs> impregnated Columbo. That's the twist. <laughs> That's the twist. It's like, it's like, wait a minute. Oh, <laughs> one more thing. It's yours. <laughs> one more thing. Takes off stretch code of mules. I'm, I'm just gonna say this loud and clear to our <laughs> listeners. If there's fan art of this, I am kill switching this fucking podcast faster, faster than you can say one more thing. And we're, if, if that happens, we're never doing another Columbo episode, which, judging by the joy in Mark's voice, would be a very bad idea. Yeah, I love this. Okay, so oh, Columbo goes, he goes to Justin's house, and we see that this lovely house is very big as they go to the mother, and the mom is a rich bitch, okay? She's a rich bitch. She's gone too far. Doesn't matter anyway. So, no, no, no. I, Leave Daryl Hall and John outside, out of this. Exactly. Um, um, and this conversation... Okay, so the, the mother obviously is like, oh my god, this, this Columbo, he's such an idiot. I, I can't believe you have him doing the murder case. And Justin's like, yeah, I know, mother. I mean, gotta be honest with you. This is probably gonna be more like a class project than a homicide. Anyways, uh, mother, you look beautiful and I'm gonna kiss you on the neck. <laughs> Ah, lovely. What a weird family. That's how they do it in his family. No one kisses their mother like that, you fucking weirdo. Listen, the murder, the murder I can forgive. (laughs) I can forgive that. But what is this relationship? It's not this. What is this? What in the name of Oedipus Rex is going on? Oh my god. The really interesting stuff comes not with his mom, though, because no, no. first of all, there's a nice gag here 
where something about the concept of Columbo leaving his car to the valet is very funny. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, what am I going to do for this piece of shit? But, but the scene we have here where it's Robert Culp as Justin's father, whose name is incidentally Jordan. So that was pretty funny. Um, you know, um, it's a rare moment where the differing acting approaches actually works because Culp is angry and really coming at it hard and saying, you, you haven't done your research. This was a professor that had a lot of enemies. He'd written all these manuscripts. You haven't read them? And Falk is just batting him back casually. It's the work of two people who've clearly worked together a few times. And it's just a real sort of force. Because obviously it's supposed to feel like, you know, oh, you know, this guy's setting Columbo back and putting him on the right track. But it's really just a big distraction tactic by someone who, A, doesn't know what's going on, and B, is protective of his son. So... Robert Culp says, leave me alone, I'm a family man. Wait, no, that's another hauling out song. Yeah, this is uh, the, the, the the kids trying to set up a red herring, I think, to the whole thing, yeah. which I, I said, I yeah. never thought that, that this was going to convince anybody. It's such a, like, like yeah. I get it. It's like, oh, he had enemies and this and that and the other thing. And I'm like, he doesn't, Columbo already is on he doesn't you. seem like somebody who really, I don't know, like, I don't believe you, essentially, is is what I'm saying. No. I, I don't believe you. And neither is Columbo. Yes. But, but again, like, they, they, they're they still coming at Columbo from classes above him. Like, the, the one line that I think Justin has right. Do you think Columbo's parents were related? I fucking hate rich people. <laughs> yeah, that. Um, oh, yeah, God. Cooper. Because they, they bugged it. So they're listening. Which, yeah. <laughs> you know. Most friends, when they get together for sleepovers, which, let's just call it, this is a sleepover, of just, yeah. like, oh my god, you're at the house? I'll be right over. Pardon me, ladies, I'm going to impregnate later. I have to go to my, <laughs> to my best friend. <laughs> and do another thing that isn't boning. Yes. And so, yes, yeah, they're, just, they're just sitting there, and just Cooper going, wow, this is better than sex. I should know. I have it a lot. <laughs> and you just see Justin just turning away going, no, it's not. But again, I, I, li- I also like the end of this where the valet comes around with Columbo's keys. Like, How did you know it was mine? Oh, just a lucky guess. That's a great gag. Oh, and also uh, I do like, cause, uh, again, because the, the father essentially besmirches both of the boys and kind of reestablishing how... They are nobodies, and their richness isn't going to give them anywhere. And yeah. even <clears throat> Justin's dad knows Cooper fucks around. Especially with, the, yeah. with this line of, you know, like, I'll tell you what he's good for. He's good at getting little girls pregnant, that's for sure. Nah. Mm. Why is the word little <sighs> there? I don't like that. <sighs> so we, uh, we got the commercial. As we come back, and uh, Columbo is at the dean's office. Yes, did I skip it over anything? Is it around here that Columbo figures out that um, Justin saved the tape and lost the incriminating one, or is that in this scene um, with the dean? I think it might be. I'm going to say yes. Yeah, because they go to the dean's office, and Jordan's there, and Justin's there. And um, yeah. and it's more trying to throw him off the Yeah, which, uh, which is like, like oh, well, do, do you know the security guard's brother? I was like, oh no, why? In fact, in fact, I, I just spoke with Joe. Right. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. He, 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 he
He's talking with Joe about how it was possible that the guy who got killed and the killer is not on tape. The one tape that he had. Because right. uh, Justin stopped the tape yeah. because after an hour it records over itself. So, um, you know, it's oh, it's a good thing that Justin saved this one tape of a specific yeah. angle where you can't see anybody. That's... Ah, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, the moment where he realizes that what that Justin did that is great, because you just see, like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. As um, they try to put off on the brother of a security guard, it's like, oh, you know, he's a convicted yeah. criminal multiple times, so... Maybe he did it. He was at the scene of the crime. Yeah, so it's basically just a red herring segment of the episode when we already kind of know who did it. And we already know that Columbo pretty much knows who did it. Yeah. And it's just, he's humoring him at this point. He goes over and talks to the brother of the security guard. And they don't really get anywhere because he has an alibi. And he clearly didn't do it. And it does let us know that the opposite angle somehow wound up on a television broadcast. Which... I'm still not exactly sure how that happened. Well, how could you? Because the very next scene is Columbo going to the television station, and we get this yeah. anchor woman really hammering it down on how exactly this could have happened. Yeah. Which is that okay. uh, someone was recording a movie off of their dish, because it's the 90s, their dish. And the dish probably like got the reception yes, of that. Yes, because... Okay, gotcha. When they did the murder, um, Cooper had a mini TV, which, uh, right. which fun fact, my dad had one around this time. He really, really liked it. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was like, it was so yeah. cool. And then I think he lost it. I don't know. He, 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 he didn't have it long. But it was like, oh my God, it was so cool. He could watch TV anywhere. And I'm like, huh, I can do that too now on my phone. That's fun. Anyways, so... They had a signal in the trunk, and I have to get too ahead, but they had a signal in in the car that went to the little TV that they could see. Yeah. So what happened was the a guy's dish was he was recording a movie, the signals crossed, leading to a bit of the murder to get seen from that angle that they saw in order to take the shot. So that's how that all came together. And, um. Okay, yeah, alright. I do love the end of the scene where we get a very classic Columbo expression of. What? How? Like, it's very. Like, yep, that's Columbo! It's a very classic Falkism. Exactly. I I, I I think this is around when, when he's looking at the, the, the things on the walls at the TV yeah. station and the, the, the camera. Yeah, I, I like the... Uh, it's like, well, you mean you'd say you make a smaller camera that can be mounted on the dash? Well, yeah, at the hospital, they make them so hard. They so, they make them so small, they can stick them right up here. Thank you very much. And then he realizes, he goes, thank you very, very much. much. <laughs> I love that. It's great. I love that we've come to the conclusion he's been looking for. Thanks to a joke about a penis. Or an ass, but yeah. This next bit we have here is Columbo hanging out drinking Budweiser in a college dorm with two stored students, <laughs> which feels like it was commissioned by, a, by an AI bot. <laughs> Listen, if I call the episode, Columbo goes to college, he must do one silly college thing. 
We'll give you Carbo yeah. Chicken a beer. Okay. And not even a good beer, either. <laughs> no. Yeah. But this is where we get the best. Uh, again, this is something that really helps watching it again of, you know, Columbo has it set up that somebody calls him at a certain time. So he's, so he's talking yeah. with the kids. And, and I, I do love how they're like, yeah, but like, did they figure out how they got the signal? Because they don't know how it happened. It's like they're like, oh well, yeah. shit. No, we're probably screwed because that angle was never supposed to come out. That's yeah. why he stopped the tape. So just like, yeah, probably. How 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 do they do it? And you know, Columbus just talking about like, God, oh, man, it's crazy how that happened, right? It's insane. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, I'm getting a phone call any moment now. Don't worry about it. It's not for you. <laughs> It'd be funny if he picks up the phone and says, "Oh, I'm expecting this." Hello. Hey, when are you coming over? Oh, I think you, you, Cooper, it's for you. <laughs> Has he seated you yet? Cooper, it happened again. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll wire you the money. I, I, I couldn't help but over here. <laughs> so yeah, the whole thing is he has this red herring thing. He's this trap that he sets for the, the Cooper and Justin where he's like, oh, what's this? Oh yeah, green car, this is license plate. Down at the, parked at the bar that, uh, that uh, the brother was, was supposedly drinking at. Oh, that's very interesting. I'm not going to give any other audible explanation why. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah. And so, of course, they use that as they think, oh, you know, that that's the guy they're painting it on his car. And so, basically, everything else is like the lamb to the slaughter, where Cooper calls Justin from the bar, like, hey, this is the guy's car. I'm going to plant the gun. And sure enough, the cops show up and deal with it and bring in the brother for questioning. And then, basically, at that point, the case has been solved. The boys just don't know it yet. I don't know if, we, if it's up here or if I already stepped over, but there's a, a dinner scene at uh, Justin's house. Where oh, yeah. Yeah. There's the yeah, yeah, this is how Justin gets the call from Cooper about about the... Uh... Yeah. Yeah, no, but it's, it's the worst line rated in the show where Mrs. Rowe uh, goes... Uh, Why was he even permitted to take the case? Like, just... What are you doing, lady? No, no, do it again, but better. No, no, I think that's fine. It's Columbo. But no, of course, we lead to this climactic unraveling scene where it's it's Columbo still guest teaching the lecture, which wouldn't be great if he just keeps teaching the lecture for the rest of the series. It's like, well, since the guy's dead, I can just kick over whenever I want. But um, but he keeps going, and it turns into a because he tells the he tells Justin Cooper. To, Park the pussy mobile back where it was the other night, and, and so they do, and and then it's um, and then he does. I'm going to take you through basically how the murder was committed and how I think the murder was committed with some help. And so it, it's complete with um, the camera angle and uh, mentioning, oh, you didn't you didn't lock the car. Could you would you mind you know pulling the lock button? And it's it's a very good, very well strung together sort of unraveling scene because you you have a lot of great expressions from Justin and especially Cooper as everything comes down on them, and as well as both of them trying to. Be, but then, how did someone do that to our car? How did how did Dominic Doyle get? Uh, boys, well, hold hold on, come hold on. on now. But Dominic Doyle got arrested, right? It's like, oh, well, that's um. No, we, we brought him in. Yeah, we, we had a forensic test. Actually, can we get the forensic test right now? Cut to the green car driving yeah. in. Cut the guy like, hey, yes. here's a forensic test. Like, oh, thank you, thank you. Can, can you read it to him? It's like, oh, yeah, you know, it, it, it was Joe Doyle's gun. Yes, that, that is true. That's very true. Yeah. But um, he 
that the brother didn't shoot the gun. It's uh, yeah. and uh, and then just the twist. I love that. I love the reveal. It is not Donna McDoyle's car. It's my wife's. <laughs> my wife's. And now, Borat presents Columbo. It's my wife. <laughs> we were all thinking it. We were all thinking it. Tasha Baron Cohen totally could have played Columbo. <laughs> oh, God. Get him in his Clouseau first. Um, they should genuinely do a Clouseau movie like the Poirot movies that kind of Brana has done. It's like an old embittered Clouseau trying to solve mysteries and with the same tone, but with just like a, him doing it poorly. <laughs> I'd pay to see that. Um, and you make him very, very impotent. Mark, you've done it again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is our running gag. Um <laughs> But yeah, and I, and I will say, what had me make the comparison earlier uh, from Justin to Robert Downey Jr. is his acting during this scene as the jig is up. We did it, Lieutenant, because we knew how to do it. And we came within an inch. Come on. And you got lucky. You caught a fluke. His acting here is very Robert Downey Jr. I mean that as a compliment, too, because the sort of cockiness and like, you know, we were going to get away with it. My father will hear about this. And, you know, it, it's... He's he's still not realizing that it's all gonna really go downhill for him and just falling on his bravado as he's getting carried away. And unfortunately, we just end on Columbo shaking his head. No quip, really. All right. Oh, does he usually have a quip? No, but it just—I I don't know—but it just feels like one was needed instead of just him going, "Ah, oh, these fucking ah, class dismissed." Yeah, Ambrosia, take it away. <laughs> Make a wish, baby. Um. That's where you wrap it up. Another yeah. great Columbo. So to me, this was a pretty standard episode of Columbo. Some interesting updates and mixing this with the feel of an 80s yuppie college thriller was pretty cool. Even if not all the pieces adding up, not all the performances were very good. I liked some of the aspects of the mystery, especially the ending sting. It was very cleverly laid out and well updated for the 80s, even though wasn't perfect and there were a couple of things i wish were done a little better especially just the some of the red herring sort of the yeah. end um still very good yeah i i i do think the red herring stuff could be a little bit better executed i never once thought like oh no then the mafia gets involved like no the mafia is never <laughs> they have they have bigger fish to fry a very light yeah. snack of fish to fry <laughs> um yeah fish it's what's for breakfast no. <laughs> um yeah um <laughs> But also, it's very it's very enthralling. It never I, I was ever bored watching this. Ever on my phone, like it's, the acting is pretty stellar. How it how it looks, I I, I kind of miss this. It was it was filmed on film. It looks like a movie. Yeah, I kind of miss yeah. that. You know, like damn. What well, way to go, Swackhammer? Yeah, exactly. A pretty solid club episode. I I definitely wouldn't mind seeing more. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see what people think about this one. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I give it I give it a three point five out of five. Out of five, what? Oh, <laughs> oh yes. Our rating system for this is instead of anvils, it's other things. So it's a three point five fo- out of five other things. 
Yes. I'm going to be a little bit more generous. I'm going to give this a four out of five more things. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. One other thing. You know what? Let's just thank our patrons live. Why not? So, if you are this yeah. far to this episode about Columbo, I would like to give to the Nassau Quiddle Folks Patreon, where we comment and talk about more things than just Columbo. We promise. Yeah. We'd like to thank our following patrons for their support. Andrew. Triscrew. Samuel A.R. Adams, the person, not the drink, and James Irish. Thank you guys for, for your support. We hope you enjoyed this, <laughs> this combo episode. This romp. This crazy romp. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. But not to be confused with romper shorts. Uh, just a regular romp. <laughs> All right. So, so, oh my fucking God. Okay. So, for next week's episode, we're going... No, for next week's episode... What is the thing? Oh, shit. Jordan, I want to end this episode so badly. No, you don't. You want to keep doing this. You really want to keep doing this. Yes, yes. Yes, I do. All right, so for next week's episode, we are going back to Looney Tunes. That's right. We haven't ditched them. We haven't left them behind. As much as we want to after this episode. Fuck that. Let's keep doing Columbo. Oh. No. Yeah, no. You'd kill us. So, for next week's episode, we are going to be taking thrice again. Because things come better in threes. Looney Tune fairy tale cartoons. Yes, sorry, no send-ups of the fairy tales. We've had good luck with these. I mean, the windblown air was good. <laughs> it, was, it was. I mean, we also had... But right. we also had some good ones. Yes. You know, pigs in a polka and shit, you know. <laughs> yes. So the shorts we're covering are Cinderella meets Fella, a gander at Mother Goose, okay. and ending with the Turntail Wolf. Okay. So that's that's a nice batch, and I think like the one we did last week, there's some that are more 40s intensive and maybe even 30s intensive. Right? I don't know all these, so we're we're going back a little bit. So that again, you'll get a nice variety versus the five billion books and daffy ones we've done. So that'll be cool. So stay tuned for those. Yeah. Okay. That's the. I I I do I, I can't believe we did it. <laughs> I can't believe this shit. Okay, I can't believe we did it and it was fun. Yes, it was. Okay, that's the end of this week's episode. And yes, this counts as an Ask Clear Old Folks episode. Um, wait, no. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at MarkHalem1995. And you can follow me at TallGuySchmidt. And like to up with the podcast or give your thoughts for next week's episode, you can follow us at that underscore loony, both on Twitter and Instagram, or type in the podcast title. We are the first results. You can also find our podcast wherever podcasts are readily available. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Player FM, Amazon Music. We also have a YouTube channel where we uh, put up clips of some of our episodes uh, for your viewing pleasure. Uh, some of those should be up uh, shortly. Uh, we also uh, uh, we also are on TikTok now for some reason. Uh, so 
you want to indulge us on that, uh, go over there. And as always, uh, if you feel you really want to help us out in making more ex ex exotic contents, like Colombo episodes, uh, spare us a dime or two at www.patreon.com slash tnqaf. All right. So, until next week, I'm Mark. And I'm Jordan, and we will leave you with a very operatic ode to the lieutenant in question. We bid you a very good night, and we hope you enjoyed this as much as we did. I see you there as I'm going on my walk. Short, short man, leave me. They want you in the in-laws. I think you were. Why don't you? Play?